Welcome into an emergency episode of the MusketeerReport.com podcast. Paul Frischner and Rick Broing with you. We are recording this on the night of March 16th, 2022. And for the first time since 1979, Xavier has parted ways by their own doing with a head coach. Travis Steele, no longer the head coach of the Xavier basketball program. Tay Baker was the last coach that was officially uh, let go from Xavier. Every other coach since then has parted ways with Xavier due to their own accord, has left for whatever reason for another job. Um, but Rick Roaring, you were the one that broke the news today. I think it came as a shock to a lot of people, including a lot of people that including were on me. the inside, yeah. in, including you, including everybody else. Uh, so we're going to record this uh, emergency episode of the podcast. Rick has a ton of information that he has posted on musketeerreport.com. There have been threads all day. Rick got into a lot of information about Travis Steele, uh, the situation, some details. So if you want to go in and read that, you can sign up for a musketeerreport.com uh, subscription. Be sure to go read that on the site because there is a lot of information there. 50% uh, off right now. 50% off an annual subscription for the coaching search. That'll give, I mean, think about that. This is the perfect time to sign up. You have Full coaching search, the rest of that, which is what everybody wants right now. Then right after that, you've got the transfer portal with the brand new staff, which is going to be essential for them. Right after that, you've got their first summer on the road of recruiting. Right after that, you've got the first preseason practice reports with the new staff. Then you've got the entire 22-23 season. I mean, this, this, this might is like be the perfect time to sign up, and you get it for less than $5 a month. How about the guy that you got signed up at the bar the other night? Dude, What's he's he getting, thinking right now? Well, he's probably mad that he paid full price considering everyone else is getting the 50% off deal. <laughs> but, I mean, he's got to be figured he he found a gold mine here of information. So, <laughs> I will say, I, I feel like the post I put up tonight in terms of, like, premium information and inside stuff is about as good of information as we've ever had in the history of the site. I do agree. Yeah. And so for anybody that wants to go in and read that, if you are a member and haven't read that post yet, make sure to go in there and listen to it. Rick, let's get right into how today went down. You mentioned it a second ago when we started the podcast. This caught pretty much everybody off guard. But Travis Steele, no longer the head coach at Xavier. So take us through it. Take us through the situation and what you heard and uh, how it all went down. Yeah, it came down the pipeline fast. I mean, I, I heard some texts. I heard some texts. It's been a long day, folks. Bear with me during this podcast. <laughs> I'm going to say a lot of stupid things. Uh, I read some texts that said, hey, can, can you confirm this? We hear it. It's happening. And so I immediately started checking with basically, every, every, well, I started checking with a couple of good sources. That led to, hey, I think you're on to something. And then I just started hitting up like every coach in the region that I knew and every, every person that I could talk to that I thought might've heard something. And uh, finally I was able to get it confirmed uh, through, through some really good sources. And at that point, I mean, th that all happened within like maybe an hour and a half, I want to say. And I had no idea it was coming. I, I left CentOS center, same as you last night, thinking Travis Steele was going to be coaching in Sunday's game and thought nothing of it when I woke up this morning. So it definitely caught me by surprise. And uh, I think a lot of people were really caught by surprise. And, and like we said, I put a lot of information about how it went down for Travis and those meetings with Greg Christopher on, on the message board as well. So uh, you can, you can read those details there. It seemed the reporting you and Adam Baum, any other reports that we were getting, even some of the national reports that were being tweeted out 
it really did seem like everybody except the people that were making these decisions was caught off guard by this. And obviously there were discussions leading into the postseason about Travis's future, but to win an NIT game last night, to have the season still ongoing, that's where the timing of this really just threw everybody for a loop. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And when you look at the timing of it, it makes you think you're not going to do it that way unless something drastically changed over that like 48 hour period from Sunday to, well, maybe 72 hours. How, how I can't do the math. We don't do public math on this podcast, but from Sunday <laughs> to Wednesday morning, something drastically changed in terms of what Greg Christopher knew or what his plans were. And I think that clearly leads into the Sean Miller conversation. Sean Miller now has been rumored to have ties to the South Carolina job, but you look at some of these other high major jobs that are open, Florida, LSU, Missouri, South Carolina. There are some major jobs that are open right now. And Sean Miller's name has been linked to a lot of them. And now all of a sudden, it's seemingly the spur of the moment this morning, this afternoon, Travis Steele now is no longer the head coach. And like you said, you have to think that with the timing of this, with the season still ongoing, after Xavier won a game, you reported this at a little after one o'clock this afternoon. I, I don't know what the exact timestamp was. It doesn't matter. But it was right around one o'clock this afternoon when you reported this. So last night, we left the CentOS Center after that national invitational tournament game around 1130 by the time everything had cleared up Travis was done with his press conference and everything else you're talking about maybe less than a 12 hour turnaround between winning an NIT game thinking he was still going to be the head coach and then all of a sudden turning around about 12 hours later and that's not the case anymore yeah, I mean, it was, a, it was a total whirlwind. Like I said, I, it just feels like something definitely changed. And I think what that is, based on what I've reported tonight, is that Sean Miller or his agent or somehow was reached out to Xavier and essentially made him aware of the offer that he was getting from South Carolina. And that prompted Xavier to spring into motion and I think made Greg Christopher decide on, on Travis Steele and, and go into action right away. And, and that's kind of got us to where we were at this afternoon. And then since then I can confirm that the interest is mutual between Sean Miller and Xavier. There has not been an official offer yet. Like some people have been saying, I, I've seen that it's a done deal from multiple places. That is not true that they, they are putting together, working on vetting him and putting together a proposal and also pulling some of the board of trustees members. Now, let me ask you this, Rick. We are recording this right now. It is 10.54 p.m. in the evening on the TV right now. Florida and Iona are in the second half of their NIT game with four minutes and 32 seconds left. There could be a lot that by the time anybody that's listening to this at work tomorrow morning sitting at their desk, could that change that quickly, you think, when you say there's not an offer right now? how Have you gotten any sense of how quickly this could all transpire? I think it is moving quickly, Paul. I could definitely see us having a decision by the weekend. That would not surprise me at all. Um, and maybe as possibly as early as tomorrow in terms of uh, 
a deal. And, and who knows how that works exactly with an announcement. It might be a thing where they get the details figured out by tomorrow night and then it's announced on Friday. Um, or it could be a, a little bit more of a process. But I, I do not think if it's going to be Sean Miller, I do not think it's going to take long at all. And really, we say if it's going to be Sean Miller, the timing of this and everything else certainly seems to point to the fact that if you're going to part ways with your head coach while the season is still ongoing, like you said, it's because you have a target and one specific target in mind that you feel like you have to make this decision at this particular point in time. Well, not only that, it makes you feel like they feel very confident that they're going to be able to get him, right? I mean, if you swing and miss right here, it's like knowing everything we know, that would seem to be a pretty big miss by Xavier's administration here to to do it the way they did and fire Travis when they did or or part ways with him when they did, we should say. Um, that that would be kind of a bad look, in my opinion, to now not get Sean Miller because uh, it's 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 hard to believe that they would have done this at this time for any other reason than they're pretty sure they can get Sean Miller. And I think that's a good idea. We've talked about. It. I think Sean Miller instantly becomes a top two coach in the Big East. So I, by all means, I think getting Sean Miller is better than most people would have imagined Xavier could have done in terms of trying to find a replacement for Travis Steele right now. So it would be a great hire. I think Xavier fans should probably feel pretty good about where it's at, but it is not a done deal yet. Have you heard anything through the pipeline of Sean Miller's repercussions of anything that happened with his time at Arizona and what might've happened with the NCAA? Have you heard any whispers or anything of what that might linger to if he was to be hired at Xavier? Nothing concrete there. I don't know if, I mean, no one does know yet because the NCAA just hasn't said I will say, if you're Xavier and you have Greg Christopher, who's been on the NCAA Fractions Committee, you feel pretty good about the knowledge of what's going to happen. And based on everything we've seen in terms of what he's uh, his notice of allegations, we're probably looking at a suspension. I don't know exactly how, like in a worst case scenario, looking at a suspension and a fine. Um, I don't know how long that might be, but aside from taking a little bit of a PR hit, I. Uh, initially, which to me does not matter at all. I talk about this all the time. Like the, the social media cycle and the news cycles move so fast. You deal with like one or two days of a big PR hit. And then people are immediately onto something else. And then by the time this thing actually gets rolling and Sean Miller starts winning games, people love the comeback story and the rehab story. And look at how he's doing it the right way now. That's exactly what it's going to become almost immediately. So the whole like taking a PR hit thing with with the hiring Sean Miller, I'm not buying that at all. I don't think it's an excuse to to not hire him by any stretch of the imagination. And based on what I've heard, the most of the board of trustees feel that same way. They don't seem to have any reservations about it. And say this goes down on Thursday or Friday or even through the weekend. You're talking about the first weekend of the NCAA tournament. Exactly right. I mean, and, you know, we've seen it in the past where a guy gets hired at a new job and then they're on the final four set or the second weekend set uh, doing analysis at the the desk after games and in yeah. between games and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I think this is definitely a big PR opportunity. I mean, I, I think it's also a really good look for Xavier from the aspect of even if it's not South Carolina it's not as close with South Carolina as it's being made out to be right now, even if they really weren't that close to getting them. 
they still really wanted him. And he's being mentioned for all these other SEC jobs as the top candidate or one of the top candidates. If Xavier ends up being the school that gets Sean Miller, that looks real big time. I mean, that's, yeah. that's a big time move. And then also people point out on the board, the way this is playing out timeline wise, if Sean Miller does decide to come back to Xavier now in his mid fifties, you got to think he needs a, a handful of years, at least two, three at the very minimal to rehab his image. And then at that point, I mean, is he really eager to try to, to jump ship and get to another job? Is the right job open right away? Or does it become more like four or five years at least before anything like that could even be considered? And if that's the case, is someone really wanting to hire Sean Miller in his 60s to try to rebuild there? I mean, it, it seems like it wouldn't, I'm not saying it wouldn't, he wouldn't ever leave, but he's been here before. He's gone on. He's made big time money at Arizona over the 12 years he was there. If he comes back to Xavier, this it might be about as good of a chance as the Musketeers have to keep a big time head coach around for, you know, 15 years or more. And how many times, Rick, have we heard people say how much Sean regrets leaving or how directly he has talked about, oh, the grass isn't always greener on the other side. And it certainly looked like that at the time. We all know the Buick and the Lexus comment. We've all heard it a million times. But to then go to Arizona and then maybe everything didn't work out the way he was hoping it would at Arizona. And then eventually they cut ties with him. And now he has a chance to come back to Xavier and be the guy. And I don't think there's any question. If we've said it once, we've said it a hundred times in the last two days, but we had an hour and 15 minute, just about podcast yesterday. And we talked about this a lot. And I think we got a lot of Xavier fans, juiced up for a potential Sean Miller hiring when at the time it was pretty much just pure speculation. And now it seems like it might have some legs to it to where Sean would be the second or third, or at least two a best coach in the big East with a chance to maybe be right there with Jay Wright and the, and Villanova. And I don't, I don't say that as hyperbole. I say need that, a couple of national championships before we give him better than Jay Wright. But I, but, I mean, but he's a no, no, no. I'm not. I'm not saying better. I'm saying look, look at look at uh, who was it the other day that was talking about? Um, I forget who it was that was talking about how Xavier or how there was no second program in the Big East to yeah, really challenge the podcast on, on yeah. Your oh yeah, yeah, yeah. On my on my space, yeah. yeah. How how Villanova fans and and people at Villanova will look at it and say, hey, look. There's no other program in the Big East that consistently competes for the top of the Big East with Villanova. I'm not saying that that Sean Miller is going to go out there and win a couple of national championships and turn Xavier into the next Villanova. My point is that he's your best chance of doing he that. Is the, he, he is the best chance of doing that. And at the same time, he instantly gives you the ability to go out there immediately. Like I'm talking like soon enough. Could other coach, could Travis maybe have done that down the line? Could any other coach do that if you bring them in? Yeah, maybe. But right now, I'm talking immediately. Sean Miller gives you the opportunity to challenge for the top of the Big East. Well, and he's also a big enough name with big-time cachet that has recruited five-star type talents to where I talk about this sometimes where when the big names get a new job at a high major, there's a recruiting bump that'll come with that. 
You know, you're not going to get that with a mid-major guy moving up that nobody knows who he is. But when you see a big name, like a Bruce Pearl goes back to Auburn, for instance, there's a recruiting bump that comes with it. He gets a Jabari Smith type guy, you know, like he's able to get those big recruits early. And especially a lot of times right away that first year, even these guys will find a, a transfer portal type guy or just a really highly rated recruit that's available to, to make a major impact right away. I think getting Sean Miller would give Xavier that type of recruiting bump. I don't think that comes with anybody else that they could hire. Along those lines, where do you think this recruiting class for Xavier stands right now? This is the best recruiting class by rankings in Xavier history with three guys that could potentially be program-changing type of guys. Have you heard anything about where the, the recruitment of any of those three stand? So far, I've only heard back on Cam Craft, And uh, from what I understand, his father and him met and, and talked with his coaches today and decided that they are going to wait and, and play it out and, and see what Xavier does first before they make any decisions. Uh, I have not heard back on the other two from anybody. I do know that people have said Tyrell Ward had removed Xavier commit from uh, some of his social media profiles. So I didn't actually go and verify that my, myself, but I, I trust you guys were, were right about it. Yeah. You, you follow that a little more closely than I do. So yeah, yeah I, I think that's kind of where it stands right now. I'm going to follow up with those two guys tomorrow and see if we can get more on the situation there. But um, yeah, Tyrell Ward was a lot of his commitment had to do with Xavier adding Jordan Brooks, the recruiting coordinator. He's a DMV guy. I, that, I think that could be a tough one to keep for sure. And then with Desmond Claude, I, I really have no idea what to expect. I mean, I think I think Sean would definitely have a chance of of keeping anybody for the most part, but uh, we would have to see how that plays itself out. And I really don't know what Cam Kraft's answer would be with Sean Miller getting hired either. I, he's he's going to wait to see what they do, but I don't know that Sean Miller is going to be the guy that he wants. So we'll we'll have to wait and see on the recruits until the decision is made. Uh, let's back up a little bit here to uh, South Carolina, Rick. How worried? should Xavier fans be on a scale of one to 10 about South Carolina with Sean Miller? I, I go back to, it's just hard for me to believe that Greg Christopher plays this out the way that he did. If he wasn't really confident that he could get him and, and Greg Christopher is a calculated sharp thorough guy. So I don't yeah. think he's just out here guessing and making a rash decision. This was <laughs> yeah. thoughtful. And I think he feels pretty good about it. That being said, in this business, as Xavier fans know, with Sean Miller, even specifically, they've seen how this can can change really quickly and how agents can use leverage in different conversations with different programs. You can't say anything's for certain because I know for a fact this one isn't done yet as of 11.07 tonight. But I, I would say in terms of the, of the concern, I would put it around a – it has to be at least a six just because – you know that they they extended an offer or at least wanted to offer and made type some type of overture to land him. So I mean you, you gotta think they can they can pay him big money. It's an SEC school. Uh, we'll see how it plays itself out. But yeah, I would say it's at least a six just because of the situation we're in right now and how right down to the wire this is. And it's the fact that we're still talking about South Carolina and we know all we know about Xavier and what's going on with Sean and and how serious they are. At the same time, I, again, I feel really good that Greg Christopher wouldn't have done this if he didn't feel he was very confident in landing him. 
Have you heard anything of any names that jump off of your coaching hot board or anything like that, that if Xavier was to swing and miss on Sean Miller, they would say, okay, we're immediately going to turn to somebody else. Or is this, is this essentially, cause this is the vibe I'm getting. This is Sean Miller or bust. Well, I think that's how it should be looked at for the fans perspective. You know, the way, the way yeah. this is playing out right now, it feels very much like Sean Miller bust. If you don't get Sean Miller, that's not to say you can't still make a good hire and there won't still be guys available, but the way you did this, it makes it feel like you made this decision to get Sean Miller. So you better get Sean Miller. Uh, that's just yeah. the way it looks from the outside. That's not, you know, I'm not trying to cast any judgment on Greg Christopher. That's just what everyone is going to say based on how this played out. If you don't get Sean Miller now, people are going to think it's a miss. And yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know where they go from there necessarily. I think everyone is going to mention Pat Kelsey's name at that point. I, I think that he does have some very serious support inside the the important donors at Xavier. So um, I don't know that I, I'll tell you this in terms of like the important people I've talked to today or sources that I've talked to today that really have a clue of what's going on. I have not talked about a single candidate other than Sean Miller. Have you gotten the sense from anybody that maybe surprised you that they were or weren't in support of Sean? And obviously there's been a lot of reservation about what happened at Arizona. Is there any reservation you've got or, or not, or, or have you been surprised the other way? I would say there has been a lot of talk about what went on at Arizona. I'm having a hard time finding anyone who really seems to care if I'm being honest. I mean, just look at what we're seeing in terms of the media coverage of all these job openings. Everyone's mentioning Sean as one of the top names for every single SEC job that opens up. So I really don't think people see it as a big deal. And I know based on what I've heard in my conversations tonight, that the Xavier donors that have been pulled so far had zero reservations about bringing on Sean Miller. The thing I kept hearing was, we just want the best hire. We just want them to get the program back on track. It's way too important to the university and, and to the people here that they get this right. I've had a lot of people in my Twitter mentions, Rick, talk about, oh, we don't want Sean Miller because of what he did at Arizona, or he's a cheater, or he paid his players, or anything like that. He was involved with the FBI, all of that stuff. Is there anything you would say to those people to kind of qual to to stifle those reservations or anything like that with now this landscape of NIL and everything else? I wouldn't. I, 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 to me, that's not my job. I don't care about that stuff. I understand if other people have their uh, beliefs and feel like there are certain moral things at stake here. But to me, that's just not how I view sports, basketball. Yeah. I don't think, you know, when we're talking about college athletes who make billions of dollars for an organization getting paid on the side. It just really doesn't bother me, even though I, I understand it was viewed as a form of cheating. It is what it is to me. It doesn't bother me at all. And I wouldn't try, but I also wouldn't try to argue with those people and tell them like it shouldn't bother them. If that's how they feel, that's how they feel. I can't change that. Yeah. Um, the one other thing I want to ask about Travis too, where do you think Travis goes from here? Do you see a, a natural landing spot for him and his career and how everything goes down from for now? I would get, I mean, I think he could get another head coaching job potentially, but I think the more important thing for Travis is to make sure his next head coaching job is in the right spot, meaning he knows he can win there. It's a place that has his back, is going to support him, has resources. He knows he can recruit there because he knows the people it's in the Midwest, that type of thing. And also I, I think he, he probably needs to go, be a high major assistant again, bag a few more big time recruits. I mean, it, 
teams are going to want him. And to me, there's one very obvious possibility not too far up the road in Columbus that just had a big opening with Ryan Peden. So I don't know. I know Chris Holtman and Travis have a good relationship. I don't know exactly like I, I haven't heard anything about that, but in my opinion, that would seem like a natural fit. And then you don't necessarily even have to make your family move or anything. You could just go back. It's, you know, it's a two hour drive. You could drive it most days. If you, you need an apartment to stay occasionally, I'm sure you can afford that. So I, I think that would make a lot of sense to me. Um, but my guess is that's what he does is goes back to be an assistant for maybe a, a couple of years and then tries his hand at a, at a solid mid major where he feels certain that he can be successful because that'll, that'll really be the big key to getting things back on track for him. He, I, I think he still has a ton of upside as a head coach. Especially for his age too, right? We're not talking about somebody lawyer you mentioned where Sean Miller is in his fifties, potentially, you know, looking at early sixties by the time you've really cemented yourself again at Xavier and you know, Travis, look at how young he is. So how old is the conference? Do, have we ever figured out how old, how old he was? I think he's like 38 now, right? Is that what we ever confirmed? Uh, nothing's <laughs> confirmed. Let's be very clear. <laughs> Nothing about his age has ever been confirmed, but I think he's, that's like what I mean. There was yeah. that thread like two years ago where nobody could figure out how old he was. Yeah. yeah. He's either like 36 uh, or 38, but we don't know which one, something like that. <laughs> um, yeah. So from now, from here on out, uh, well, Google says he's 40. So I guess, well, there you go. Maybe about. it was 40 or 38 40. that we couldn't decide on. So yeah. we'll go with 40. Uh, uh, so now Xavier has a monumental decision on their hands and maybe a decision that has already been made and is pending approval. Uh, but again, just to reiterate it, and you mentioned it a little bit at the beginning of the podcast, could you see this being done here in the next 40? Like there's a lot of formality that has to go through this, but through vetting and through approvals and through checking with the board and everything else, could you see Sean being installed really fast here? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I think it could be as soon as, um, you know, who, who knows exactly how the announcement works out because I think I remember with Travis Steele, it, the story broke and we all knew it happened like one day. And then Greg Christopher tweeted out a picture and made the formal announcement the next day. If I'm not mistaken, there was something like that. There was like a little delay and how it all ha- it came out and then it was actually announced. But so that could happen again, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if we're talking about uh, a decision is made by tomorrow. Meaning, which meaning would be Thursday. Thursday. Yeah, I mean, Thursday. Thursday we recorded this very yeah. late on Wednesday night. Which, by the way, Florida just beat Iona. So on Sunday afternoon at the Cintas Center, at some point, they haven't announced the time yet. It will be Florida and Xavier. No, Rick Patino. Well, it's two teams without a head coach now. I, but I thought it would be a pretty crazy for Jonas Hayes to get his first head coaching start against Rick Patino. That would have been yeah. incredible theater for, and just like a great memory for him. But uh, yeah. And, so. and and you, you bring it up. Jonas Hayes will coach the NIT game on Sunday. Oh yeah. That's right. If we didn't mention that, yeah. he, it's uh, confirmed Xavier announced that as well when they announced that they were parting ways with steel. Yeah. So Jonas will coach the game on Sunday and he'll coach as far as Xavier goes in the NIT. Uh, right. Dayton, Dayton won tonight. If they win and Xavier wins, then Xavier will be up the road at UD arena next week. Uh, Jonas will coach the team the rest of the way this season, and then uh, we'll see how everything 
goes down. What what absurd situation if Sean Miller's named head coach and then Xavier's going up to play at Dayton next week? All of this just feels like the twilight zone. It's so bizarre. And by the way, like if Xavier goes up to play that game next week, fans are going to be all into it again. Like fans are so ecstatic. The energy is completely back. It went from like toxic waste dump behavior to everyone's gleeful and joyful and nice. Yeah. And everybody was wa- and everybody was watching the A10 on Sunday, Davidson and Richmond, thinking that Xavier was going to get in if Davidson beat Richmond. So this is, uh, I feel like I'm back in 2008 right now. It's been just an insane four or five days <laughs> right now. I mean, I really can't believe some of this is playing out the way it is, but here we are. Rick, do you have anything else on the coaching search or Sean Miller or anything? I know there's a ton of stuff behind the paywall. I'll say it again. If you haven't subscribed to Musketeer Report yet, uh, make sure you go and do that. But is there anything else that Xavier fans should know as of 11-17 on Thursday night? The only thing I will say, I mean, I will continue to make updates as, as, as I hear them right now because we are, I'll be on the phone nonstop. But the problem becomes now when it gets into, I think, you know, based on the conversations I had tonight, I'm pretty sure everyone's saying, yes, we want Sean Miller behind the scenes. I don't think anyone's telling them, no, don't go hire Sean Miller. So at this point, I very much expect Xavier to make an offer and all of that. And once you get into that period where it's like decision-making mode, people tend to go dark. So you don't get a whole lot of feedback here, usually over this next little stretch, but I will try to continue to get all the information that I can. I'll be working the phone. So I'll post any updates. Um, as soon as they come in on musketeerreport.com, you know, please, please sign up. It's been a, a good week for the site. And I really think, you know, this is where the value of the site comes out, but it will continue through the recruiting period here with the new staff and, and all of that. So uh, appreciate all of you guys who have signed up. We are at a record high for subscriptions right now. And uh, it's, I, I feel like the board is operating fairly well, right? Like people are yeah. given some good takes. There's been some good information on there that proved to be correct. So uh, it's it's uh, a good value at the moment. All right, Rick. Well, everybody appreciates the work this afternoon and, and through the day and all the reporting from everybody that's been going down um, with all this process. But we'll continue to keep everybody updated. And as far as on the court goes, Xavier will play Florida on Sunday afternoon. It's in toss time. Hasn't been announced as of right now, but it will Sweet be Sunday 16. afternoon at some point. Yeah, you're exactly natural. right. Yeah, could be the Elite Eight at Dayton. Yep. How about that? be wild. (laughs) All right. Thanks for listening, everybody.